As the NFL plows through December, the one thing we have learned is that there are no gimmies in this league. Take the AFC, where Baltimore had their top spot in the conference put to the test through wind, rain, and an OT scare from the Rams. While the Chiefs and Bills battled in yet another classic that saw Patrick Mahomes fall at home and put Buffalo back on the right side of 500. And in the NFC, the Cowboys let the Eagles know there's a new king in the division, while the Lions, who not so long ago looked like they could beat everyone, now look like they would struggle to beat just about anyone. So today, Jason Reed joins us to remind all of us that at this time of year, the road to the playoffs starts now. I'm Clinton Yates, kiddos. It's Monday, December 11th. This is ESPN Daily. My partner, Jason Reed. Thank you for showing up tonight. Unlike our friends, the Philadelphia Eagles. This is back-to-back losses for them, who on Sunday made some noise on offense in Dallas, but it was just that in the end. Noise. Is it time to panic in the city of brotherly love, sir? No, Clint, I don't think it's time to panic yet. You know, you're looking at a team that has, is playing, has played two teams that are well-rested, playing very well, have weapons all over the place. So I don't see this as a panic situation. Now, here's the thing. If you don't have to panic, it doesn't mean, though, that everything is right. I, I think when you look at this Eagles team, yes, they, they have a lot of weapons still. You know, Jalen Hurts, you got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. You, you have people who can still get it done. But the fact of the matter is the San Francisco 49ers who beat them up last week and the Dallas Cowboys who beat them up this week are just playing better right now. So there's panic, but there's also, hey, we're just not maybe as good as the other teams right now. Jalen Hurts turned in a heck of a performance when the Eagles beat the Bills, but there's a question about whether or not he's really at 100%. From what you've seen, from your expertise, does he look like he's all there? No, Clinton. I mean, clearly, you know, he, he's been wearing the brace. Clearly, he's not all, you know, 100%, so to speak. But you talk to guys who play, you know, in the NFL, they'll tell you this time of season, no one's 100%. What, what, what ballers, what guys who are dogs say is, Hey, if I'm on the field, I don't want to talk about it. If I'm on the field, I'm where I need to be to help my team. Now, the reality is clearly he's not a hundred percent, even from the standpoint of like, even when guys say, Hey, I'm okay to be out there. He's not at that level, but he's trying to gut it out and he's still making plays. And look, he gives them the best chance to win. On the other side of the ball, while no one seems to be able to stop the Cowboys offense right now, is what we saw Sunday just a Dallas team where every single thing is clicking? Or do you think Philly's defense now has more questions than answers in terms of how they can fix themselves for the playoffs? I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, look, you know, everybody was ready to write the Cowboys off after the 49ers destroyed them a while back, but they kept believing in Dak. They kept believing in their process. Mike McCarthy has done a great job changing this offense. He took control of it. You know, he made those changes last year. And what you see is now a team that is is rolling. The quarterback 
is completely locked in. He's taking this offense and he's taking it to another level. He's taking his performance to another level, in part because he he now knows what he needs to do in this offense. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. But with the Eagles, look, they are clearly in a situation right now where some things have been exposed in their secondary. They're in a situation right now where they are not the best team in this conference. I mean, let's just make that clear. The 49ers are ahead of them. And I think tonight, Clinton, after what we saw, I think the Cowboys are ahead of them now, too. I'm not talking about, you know, where the standings, you know, may wind up. But just in terms of the personnel, they are the third best team in this conference right now. Jason Reed declaring the Dallas Cowboys as for real in early December. You must not be a gambling man, sir. Well, you know, Clinton, I, I hear what you're saying. And, you know, people have lost a lot of money over the years betting on, on Jerry Jones's team to get it done. But what I'll say is this. I look at Dak Prescott right now. If, if the whole thing about the NFL is, especially this time of year, quarterback play, quarterback play, quarterback play. Dak Prescott right now is playing at the best level of his career. And he's had some good years in the past. But what Mike McCarthy did when he took the gamble to get rid of Kellen Moore, the former offensive coordinator, change the offense and say, I am going to make this guy the guy I think he can be. And what, what are we in now? Week 14, Dak Prescott is that guy now. This defense, Clinton, gets after it everywhere. Micah Parsons, they have playmakers everywhere. They have offensive weapons. And they got the quarterback who's playing at the highest level of his career. Look, I know, again, Clinton, that the Cowboys have disappointed a lot of people over the years, especially when you believe in them. But what I see right now is as good a Cowboys team, as well coached a Cowboys team as we've seen in a long time. Is Dak up to the level of some of the Cowboys greats we've seen? And I'm not going to go so far as to take Aikman because that's unfair, but Romo was a guy. Dak looks great, as you said. I can't remember the last time they had this kind of stability at that position in that town. Yeah, and I appreciate the fact that you didn't go to Aikman. I mean, Aikman won three Super Bowls. You know, that that's not where we're at right now. But when you talk about the level he's playing at, look, Tony Romo didn't have great playoff runs, okay? As great as, you know, he was a very talented quarterback. He's a great announcer, as we know. But he didn't have great playoff runs. I think Dak can distinguish himself this season. I mean, what I saw out there tonight, and, and it's been going now for a few weeks. I remember I talked to Jason Campbell, the former Washington, uh, Washington Commanders, had a different name back then, but former Washington Commanders quarterback. After that 49ers game, he said to me, hey, you know what? What I see in Dak is a guy who's going through a process, getting to where he's going to probably be at the end of the season because there are a lot of good things you saw. And what we see now is a guy, I mean, Clinton, he is so locked in and he has weapons, but he's so locked in right now that if he just stays healthy, that offensive line keeps him upright, I think he can take it to another level, which is a level in the playoffs. That's what we're really talking about. That inside deep seam route, I don't know the numbers of the route tree, pardon me, but that is such a good throw from him. It's really something to see. However, Right now, if you thought these two teams were going to meet in the playoffs, who do you think would have the advantage? Well, you know, I think part of that Clinton comes out to where they play in the game. You know, we don't know how this division is going to shake out right now. Now, if they're playing in Dallas, hey, I like the Cowboys' chance a lot. I, I think that, again, with all the things we just talked about, what they're doing defensively, the weapons Dak has, and Dak, 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 I think that if they're in Dallas, it's looking real good for the Cowboys. But you know what I'm going to say to you, Clinton? If they play in Philly, I still think it looks good for the Cowboys because I think this Cowboys team believes right now that they have a quarterback who can lead them wherever they want to go. 
Coming up, the clash in Kansas City and the penalty heard around the world. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. All right, Jason, let's head to Kansas City, Missouri. This was once the most high-powered matchup in the league, and now it's two flawed teams. How did we get here so fast? Well, I mean, it's been a, a process, obviously, for the Chiefs from the standpoint of the receiver core just hasn't been very good this year. Wasn't what they were expected to be. These guys haven't come through. And then with the Bills, so many different problems. You know, people want to focus on Josh Allen and, and the interceptions and all that. But there's a lot of other things going on with the Bills. Head coach Sean McDermott, you know, some things came out this week about how he's handled some situations in the past. So like you said, two very flawed teams, but the two teams that are still very much in playoff contention. I don't want to ask the obvious question here, but do the Chiefs miss Eric Bieniemy? You know, I got asked this question on Twitter a little while ago, Clinton, and I don't see this as being, with no disrespect to EB, who I think has done a very good job under some trying circumstances in Washington. I don't see this as being an EB problem. You know, Juju Smith-Schuster was a big part of that receiving core last year. He's not a superstar wide receiver, but he caught the ball and he ran the right routes at the right depths. They don't have guys that they can count on this year to be in the spots where they're supposed to be, really other than Travis Kelsey, the future Hall of Fame tight end. So I don't look at this as being an EB problem. I look at this as being a personnel problem. You mentioned the receivers. There were the drops in the game today. And then, of course, the monster backbreaker robbing us of one of the best plays of the NFL season. There's a flag down at the line of scrimmage as the pass is to an open Travis Kelsey who flings it back over to Tony. My goodness, this is going for a touchdown. Because Kadarius Tony was lined up in the neutral zone. And I can't believe it. I think Offside, it's coming back. Number 19. Outside of Kelsey, do you think that this lack of receiver core is going to signal the end of this team? Well, when you look at this year, clearly Kadarius Tony was supposed to be a major component of this team. And this started Clinton on opening night when he had all these drops against the Detroit Lions, a drop at the end of the game that you know would help put them in a, good, in a good position to kick a game-winning field goal, I don't think it spells the end of this team this year because Rishi Rice, the, the, the rookie wideout, has really been coming along. Travis Kelsey can still make plays. Now, is this going to help them get to the point where they complete the back-to-back -back Super Bowl thing? I don't know about that. I think they get to the playoffs, but if do they get to the point where we all thought they could be? I'm not sure about that. 
Patrick Mahomes will be playing in a road playoff game for the first time in his career, most likely moving over to Buffalo. The plan coming into this season was to give Josh Allen targets, utilize the running game, but here we are again with him playing hero ball every single snap. Is this why on their best day, the Bills will definitely bend if they don't break? Well, listen, the, the Bills are going to be Josh Allen for better or worse. I mean, whatever whatever the plans are, whatever they want to try to do, whatever Sean McDermott wants to try to do, this team is going to come down to how well Josh Allen performs in those moments where superstar quarterbacks put teams on their shoulders. I think when you look at where this team is at, you know, they, they, they've had some injuries. They've had some things from a coaching standpoint, changes that were made. Sean McDermott, look, he's not above reproach in this thing. I mean, he's the head coach and he's made some mistakes here. Some things, again, that came out this week. But I think that when you talk about hero ball and Josh Allen, Josh Allen can still be a hero. And if they're going to get into the playoffs, he's going to have to really have a monster stretch here these last four weeks. It's a big win for Buffalo. Sean McDermott and what you said, some things that came out, there were comments made about 9-11. We've seen football coaches go back to combat references since the beginning of time. What do you think this win does for this franchise, calming down some of said noise? Well, you just said it. It calms it down. I mean, look, Sean McDermott was under immense heat. Well, you know, a piece came out this week and it, you know, it spelled out some things about 9-11 and just, you know, really painted him as a questionable character guy, to be very honest with you about it. Hey, you know, I, I've known people who have worked with Sean McDermott and who have worked for him. I know coaches who tell me that the guy is, you know, an outstanding coach and he's a good man. So I, I can't speak to his character other than what people tell me. But in terms, Clinton, of that city and that region, they needed this victory because, it was hot, man. It was hot to the point where I'm not saying he would have been fired with a loss or fired at the end of the season, but the whole organization, the whole area needed this to just bring down the temperature a little bit. Table populations across Western New York are very happy that they will no longer be intact in the following weeks. Let's head over to Chicago where on almost every single level, things did not go well for Detroit. Do you think this is part of this franchise's process in terms of learning how to win or are the Lions truly fading as a football team? Well, Clinton, I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think, you know, this is a team that I've, everybody knows the Lions history, the fact that they haven't won for a very, very long time. And, you know, this year it's been different, but when you're learning to win for that first time and hopefully become a consistent winner, hey, there are still things you have to learn how to do. And, and I think that's part of it. Now, also defensively, they're giving up a lot of big plays now. And, and that's not necessarily anything to do with winning. That's what are you doing on the field from a scheme point, a personnel standpoint. And that's a problem right now. Um, I, I'm not ready to write them off because I still think that, you know, they're going to they're gonna be a team that can maybe get something done in the playoffs. But clearly, a lot of warning signs right now as we go down the home stretch. Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator for the Lions, runs that unit. But on the other side, let's not leave out Justin Fields. He's been a different QB since missing five games with a dislocated thumb. We've been waiting a while, but we're kind of finally seeing a little bit of the Justin Fields we thought we might have in this league. Yeah, Clinton, and that's why my thing right now is, look, I know the Bears, you know, they have Carolina's pick. They, they're going to have the number one overall pick. Caleb Williams did not have a great season, the quarterback at USC this year. But he has the tools. You talk to scouts, you talk to player personnel people. He can still very well be the number one overall pick. 
but I don't know if it's a slam dunk that, that you just move on from Justin Fields. This guy has played well in the second half of the season, and, and I don't think it's just because Detroit's given up big plays. This guy has performed well. So do you do you write off this young quarterback, or do you take that you know number one overall pick, stick with Justin Fields, and maybe do some other things? See, that's called unbiased reporting. Jason Reed is wearing an SC hat right now <laughs> and still not willing to just cape for their Trojan quarterback. Coming up, we're going to check in on the chaos in the AFC North. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky. 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely. Drake wisely. The NFL schedule drops this week, kiddos, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Download the app or visit VividSeats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Mr. Reed, let us check in on the gauntlet that is the AFC North. The Ravens currently sitting in first place, both in the division and in the AFC, but they had a bit of a scare from the Rams today. They did ultimately escape with a win in overtime thanks to Tylen Wallace, their backup punt returner. Tylen Wallace will move up at the 25 and catch the punt. Cuts to the left, trying to get outside, cuts up, spin move, 35, 40. Across midfield, down the sideline, not tripped up at all. Runs down the sideline. There are no flags. 75 yards. Tylen Wallace on a punt return in overtime. Yeah, they did, Clint. And, you know, you look at this Ravens team right now, 10-3, and three, number one overall seeding right now in the AFC. Lamar Jackson, you know, and I don't want to say this, you know, to get too ahead of myself because we still have, what, four weeks here left to play. But this guy's now in the lead for the MVP. And if he can take care of business with this with, with his team the, the last month of this regular season, I think he wins that award. And I think that they get the number one overall seeding, which obviously is a great place to be. Um, like you said, they had a scare, but they got it done. Right, but Lamar Jackson late in games has been a bit of an issue. That whole concern about tightening things up late in the season is the issue. How much do you think this specific win helps the Ravens? Well, I definitely think it helps him, Clinton, from the standpoint that, look, Lamar had a monster game throwing the ball, and he also, I think, had seven yards on the ground. So, you know, we, we tend to look at these this past couple of years, you know, Lamar could not finish the season. He couldn't get to the end. And if he can, if he can get through this last month of the season, and look, if they hold on to the number one overall seeding, that's what it's about. That's what the the ball game is up until that point. So yeah, what you said is true. But what I see right now is a guy who played really well today, 
the team hung on. They're in that number one spot right now. And that's really when you're looking at this point of the season, hey, that's the goal you're shooting for. Yeah, and the Rams are no slouch. I mean, they're a team that still considers themselves in it. They look like they, at one point, were going to win that game. Good effort to come back. So Baltimore managing something in early December here. Meanwhile, the Browns, they snapped their three-game losing streak with a 31-27 win over the Jaguars, holding on to their lead in the wildcard race in the process. Trevor Lawrence played after rolling his ankle a week ago, but the Browns' league-leading defense, they made his life hell on Sunday, forcing three picks. But 38-year-old Joe Flacco, who may or may not be elite, as some say, also <laughs> did his part with three touchdown passes. Have the Browns really found what they're missing at quarterback in Joseph Flacco? Well, listen, I, Clinton, I'm not willing to go that far. They found what they were missing today. Uh, 30-year-old Joe Flacco got it done, three touchdown passes, a one-time Super Bowl MVP. I mean, clearly he's on the latter stage of his career. It has been for several years now. But look, they're eight and five. They've got a defense that is, is tops in the league. And at each level of that defense, defensive line, linebacker, secondary, they get after all of their opponents. They got Miles Garrett, who is just a complete beast, coming off the edge. So look, you look at this team right now, they, they, they lose Deshaun Watson. Well, Deshaun Watson wasn't even playing very well before they lost him, but they lose their starting quarterback. And you say, well, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go? They're right there in the thick of it to win this division. Flacco, not only a champion, an MVP in the Super Bowl, do you think that team can win a game in the playoffs? Mm, boy, that's a, that's a good question because, you know, we first got to see if they get to the playoffs. Um, you know, so looking at Joe Flacco today, Clinton, I'm like, wow, you know, he, he really played well. I don't know how many performances like that he still has in the tank at 38, but if they get in, anything can happen. All right, let's head on down to Cincinnati, staying in Ohio where the Joe Burrow-less Bengals they routed the Colts. Jake Browning had a decent showing, even though he did throw a pick. He also threw for 275 yards and two touchdowns. A lot of folks were ready to hit the panic button, Jason, and call it a season when Joe Burrow went down a couple weeks ago. But how sustainable is Browning's success with this Bengals team? Well, let me let me flip it and, and, and answer it this way. Zach Till is a pretty good head coach. You know, he, he, he didn't call plays when he worked for Sean McVay in Los Angeles, and then he inherits, you know, Joe Brower. You know, he he goes to to Cincinnati, and 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 they draft this superstar, you know, quarterback, you know, LSU. Well, he doesn't have Joe Burrow now. He won't have him for the rest of the season. And they put together a couple of really nice wins here. So, you know, you ask me how long can their quarterback keep this going on? Their backup quarterback. I think the question really is, hey, how, have we been sleeping on Zach Taylor, the head coach, who's showing that it just all wasn't about Joe Burrow? He actually knows what he's doing. Yeah, they finally got Chase Brown involved in that offense. That young kid looks good, Jason. Yeah, he does, no doubt. All right, one more note before you go. You cover quarterbacks, you cover black quarterbacks in specific, and today C.J. Stroud left the game and was placed in the concussion protocol. But before that, he looked a lot less like an MVP candidate that we'd been talking about all season and like a human, a rookie. My question to you is, has C.J. Stroud come back to earth? No, you know, I don't think I don't think it's come back to earth. But let me say this. Let's see, you know, he got knocked out of the game. Let's see, you know, in the, during the week how things go there from a health standpoint. But that aside, look, this kid has been outstanding. He, he's probably the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think that that's a safe bet to say basically almost no matter what happens going forward. He's gotten this team with, with D'Amico Ryans, their, their rookie head coach, He's got them in playoff contention. They've won several more games than they won last season. 
So BJ had a bad day, Clinton. And you know, and you know how it is with rookies. Sometimes they do hit a wall. I don't think this was as much CJ hitting a wall as it was CJ having a bad day on the road in horrible weather conditions. And as long as the health is not a problem, I expect him to bounce back. He was knocked out on a play that some people thought should have been called a penalty. Patrick Mahomes was airing out referees after their loss to Buffalo earlier today. Do you have any thoughts on what the referee situation is looking like in the league this year? Because it feels like it is more, at the very least, noticeable to even the average fan than it has been in many years. Yeah, Clinton, clearly it has. And I, I think there have been so many high-profile things this year. You know, we're, we're watching games, and it's like, well, wait a minute, what's going on here? Now, you know, you talk to people, you know, with, with various teams, and they're like, well, yeah, officiating is always an issue. You know, it's been more pronounced this year, possibly. Now, as far as the Mahomes thing at the end of that game, I think he was airing out the officials because Kadarius Tony was over the line. He'd lined up in the neutral zone, and you can't do that. Now, having said that, you know, Clinton, that's, a, that's something that could be called a lot more than it is. And usually officials let that go. They didn't let it go today. So I understand why Patrick was upset. But the reality of it is the call was correct. Then you get into the whole debate, Clinton. Well, when should they swallow their whistle? This is a situation where the league needs the officiating to be as good as it can be. And clearly, Clinton, it could be a lot better, at least in some situations that we've seen this year. Kansas City fans, if nothing else, you know Patrick Mahomes still has the fire. Thank you, Jason Reed. Thank you. I'm Clinton Yates. This has been ESPN Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow, kiddos.